Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash YNT. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash YNT. Hello and welcome to yesterday's news today, 13th of September, 1923. Naval disaster at Devil's Jaw. After the disappointing double knockout last week, boxing fans are eager for the Dempsey bout. H.P. Lovecraft completes his latest story, publication date unknown. And finally, Hospital Lighthouse in Wolverhampton. It's a great idea. That was the news as it was this week in 1923, Sunday the 13th. Uh, which means only one thing you're listening to yesterday's news today. Word I'm Shane. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I messed it up. Word of news is better late than never. With Shane and Johnny. It was a fine entrance. We got oh. to 23 episodes before we had that massive of a... <laughs> yeah. 23, actually no, 25, because it's, it's, it's still confusing. It's, it's our 23rd week, but we've done specials. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 24... We should be. It's funny as well because we're actually we were even just talking about before going on mic that like we're four months off a year essentially. Yeah, yeah. So we we should actually have we should have fifty two, but we didn't but, get to do one every week. <laughs> so by now, how many episodes should we have by now? Like thirty four. Yeah, we're about ten behind, I think. Yeah. Ah, well, it's not that bad. We'll get there. Right, yeah. Will we do anything for the year? Any? Yeah, have you got any facts of who was born? I was looking. No, no, I mean, sorry, no, no, I mean, like for our year anniversary. Oh, our year anniversary. Will we do any? Um, Yeah, I think we'll do a special episode birthday. We should do an episode all about birthdays, birthdays. or just like a clip show. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what most people do on like birthday edition. Like, and remember that time? (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, but for a year. So we sit for 20 minutes going, and then we did this, and yeah. just put in other stories. <laughs> <laughs> and by that time, we'll have only got to like 30 episodes. So what we could do is release a book that's then read as an audiobook about our podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> by somebody else. We'll hire an actor to read out our lines of what we said on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to go right into this? Or Yeah, yeah. What, if, or, what happened in 1923, Johnny? Fuck all. No, <laughs> don't have anything. Didn't do any work. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. There wasn't um, much. No, well, actually, before we start, I remind people to follow us on Facebook at Yesterday's News Today and Twitter at YNT Podcast. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, uh, subscribe yeah. and rate and review on any podcatcher. Specifically, review. Yeah, I'd like to know like if we've changed someone's life. For better or worse, yeah. do you find us really depressing? Like, have we ruined your life? Or have you <laughs> turned around and gone, those, I like what those guys are doing. I'm going to make my own podcast. That's better. I'd like, like to know. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually, to hear. How would you feel if we ruined somebody's life? Like, legit, like they left the podcast. And like, for some reason, ever since I started, I started listening to your podcast. I liked it to begin with. And then... I started to notice my mood changing, <laughs> and eventually it was any time I listened, I heard that team music, which actually won't be our fault because we didn't make that team music. Um, we nicked it from the BBC, but <laughs> yeah. And then like we tried looking into it, and we found out they had like just died of sadness. <laughs> they just died of sadness, not even like suicide. No. They just died of sadness. Yeah. They were found dead at home with a broken heart. Yeah. 
and all that was playing on repeat was our podcast <laughs> on like this rain sound system in their house. I would prefer that to having changed somebody's life for the better. I think I think it would be better. I think that'd be more of a... I think that'd be more fitting to this podcast. It would make sense that yeah. that's the effect we would have. Because that sounds like a story we'd come across. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we always come across these like really depressing stories of yeah. death and, uh, and, and moiter. I'd imagine whatever few people like listen regularly. I, well, I don't. I can't imagine we really changed anybody's life. Oh yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I imagine we we changed it for the better. I hope so. Let us know. Definitely. Now I'm worried. Let us know. Yeah, I'd rather. I no, really, I'd rather yeah, we change yeah, your life yeah. for the better. But, but I think it's a better story. Of course, it's a better story. <laughs> and sometimes I do prefer. Like, we thought it was actually one of the first conversations we had because I think I just it was when we started college and I'd just come back from camping somewhere and I told you about like we tied up the boat we got a boat and went onto an island oh yeah and one of the lads didn't tie the boat up properly so it went out and we were <laughs> stranded on this island in the middle of a lake and I was delighted because it was just funny and I kind of took yeah a sick pleasure and just something went so wrong it was just hilarious yeah. And we had this conversation how we both kind of enjoyed that, like <laughs> taking sick pleasure in something just going so absolutely wrong. Oh, I do. Definitely. My wife it? hates it about me. <laughs> she's like, when something goes horribly wrong, I'll just start laughing. She's like, it's not funny. I'm like, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like if at the wedding, if something went terribly wrong at the wedding, like say, or not, maybe not the wedding, that's a bit too much, but the day after, if the barge sank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or if the night before that plane crashed, the one that was doing the air show outside. Yeah, it was. Just to clarify, I hadn't arranged an air show for the <laughs> wedding. There just happened to be some I guy above the town where we got married down the country, with, where he was practicing these like in the stunt plane. And, and both me and Johnny were like, "Would it be really funny if you crashed on my <laughs> wedding day?" It's like, how weird would that be? <laughs> yeah, like if you show, you showed up to the church. That more the plane was just embedded into the church. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that wouldn't be cool. I kind of laugh at that because you because then you kind of go, do we go ahead with the wedding? I guess like, that would look like a, yeah, that actually looked like a sign. Then now, okay, if it was embedded into the hotel, no, that's where you're sleeping. I guess. Yeah, just the plane crash. Okay, well, I think we filled enough time now. <laughs> to, <laughs> uh, we can move on. Uh, so, nineteen twenty-three. September 13th. You said it real spooky earlier. What was that about? It's Friday 13th. I, yeah, I know. I did, well, just 13 in general. Oh, yeah. Unlucky. I, I, I really don't know about... There's a lot of things I do on this podcast that I don't fully understand. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Do you want me to start with one? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, you like this one. Now, this is... Well, it's not really a cheat. No, it is. It's just... <laughs> no, it's not really because it's something that didn't actually happen for a day or two. Okay. After the thirteenth, as in it happened September the fifteenth, but I came across the article, an article about it uh, upcoming. It was in the Society oh, yeah, News, okay. and I'm not going to read the article to you because it kind of reads like absolute gibberish. Oh yeah, a lot of the some of the articles do. Yeah. Well, basically, what it's about is an upcoming bout, uh, a boxing match, and it's just talking oh, about. Okay. It sort of refers to things like, you know, the queuing for the arena and stuff, but, like, the article's from, like, two days before, so it's obviously BS. And it reads, like, you know when we get those, uh, the adverts for some, like, snake oil cure, and it's oh, yeah, written yeah. like a real article? I'd say, like, the... 
grounds the fight happened on or the management this is their way this was just an advert yeah it was an advertisement essentially and plus they keep referring to it as a historical boxing match yeah but like two days before even that like how is it how do you know med history two days before (laughs) (laughs) Um, no actually there is a i guess the the one of the fighters is the first latin american fighter to challenge for the world title so i guess already that is kind of historical yeah but still it just it just reads like but anyway so that's essentially the idea of the article so i don't need to read it but the fight was uh jack dempsey and lewis angle lewis angel furpo that's a latin america guy yeah and yeah it was uh, a big big historical fight it's like boxing fans know like all boxing fans kind of point to it as the time when boxing sort of became the national sport or just became a bigger sport than it was actually yeah yeah, well we talked about pro wrestling yeah or not pro wrestling which is wrestling back in the such a good podcast 90 (laughs) yeah episode four i think or five like really early yeah. And how that used to be, and this is before it was, um, what's the word that they they like? Coordinated. Coordinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before yeah. it was coordinated, when it was like, well, it was more like MMA. And and that used to be the big sport. And then around 1912, 1913, people kind of started to turn against it. By this stage, wrestling was probably, I think wrestling was essentially choreographed by now. Yeah. So boxing was taken over. Well, baseball okay, really yeah. was taken over yeah, as yeah. the national sport, but as far as combat sports, boxing. Um, but the, and this fight is one that just brought it to a new level. And even like Jack uh, Dempsey, this was like kind of his defining career fight, and he would become a big star. But actually, yeah. So like, we'll just give you some. I'll get to the fight, but to give you some background on him, so Jack uh, William Jack Harrison Dempsey is his full name, and he grew up in Utah and colorado i think his family just moved around and he seems to just come from like a dirt poor background okay. and you know he grew up he, like he was malnourished as he like he just grew up this like really weedy skinny poor kid and just done essentially he, he worked every job we've like discussed on this pod like he was a miner and he was in the army and he was a cowboy at one point point. Oh. he's just done all those jobs he was homeless as well I think he was homeless for most of his life. Wow. How, how he would make money, he'd he'd go to saloons and challenge people to fight. Oh yeah, and put bet on it. And then yeah, take bets. There's a, a quote of his. This why he used to, he'd walk in and say, "I can't sing and I can't dance, but I can lick any sob in the house." <laughs> and then if anyone accepted the challenge, they'd take bets on it. Did he ever punch a man for trying to dance with his horse? <laughs> I because that happened last year yeah. or last week's episode, but <laughs> so a year and a week ago, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he kind of sounds like Stone Cold Steve Austin too. Like <laughs> you can hear Stone Cold Steve Austin saying that, especially with SLB. Oh yeah, and there's <laughs> apparently he once walked across. He once walked across the Nevada desert for wow. tw- for a twenty for twenty dollar a twenty dollar purse in a bar fight. Wow! Against a guy called One Punch Hancock. Oh, like he heard there's a fight, but you have to get there. Yeah, dude, this guy, this guy, One Punch Hancock was going to challenge anybody, and there was a fight. If you if you wanted to fight him, there was twenty dollars up for grabs. Oh yeah. So Dempsey walked across the Nevada desert to get to, to get this there. place. <laughs> Did and he win? 
Yeah, he uh, knocked out one punch Hancock with one punch. <laughs> <laughs> so he got to keep his name, but for different reasons. Um, yeah, maybe that's why he was called one punch Hancock. <laughs> He's just a rich guy, like, getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a quote, or maybe I'd read it as 20 bucks, but in the quote it implies it was for five bucks. Because the quote is about that. Uh, when I got five books for 35 seconds of fighting, I felt I was on my way. I guess not bad. Not bad money for oh, the yeah. time. And apparently, actually, yeah, uh, I think one one punch Hancock's brother then challenged MC and MC knocked him out in one punch as well. <laughs> so He was known oh, yeah. as uh, Kid Blackie as well. That was his nickname. Oh, yeah. Um, and then eventually the... What, was what Kid? Blackie. <laughs> I don't really know why. Apparently, actually, that's why no people aren't actually sure what his official record is, his win loss record, because yeah. of the two names. His his record it's only been recorded uh, as Jack Dempsey. Oh, okay, yeah. When he was called Kid Blackie, he never went by his actual name. Oh, so okay. the his official record is sixty five wins, six losses, eleven draws, and fifty one KOs. Huge amount of knockouts. <laughs> one KO. Yeah, yeah, it was 65, <laughs> wow. 65 wins, like 51 of them were KOs. That's crazy. But you'd imagine, though, like, he, he seemed to be. There's about four or five years missing from that record, like, maybe yeah, four. Yeah. The Manasseh Mauler was what the nickname he got afterwards. That was kind of what stuff. Yeah. And some of them, I seen a poster where it was Jack the Devil Dempsey. I was like, it's Daredevil's dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume that was pro- was it, that was probably Frank Miller that invented that. That sounds like a Frank Miller. Yeah, I'm not sure when that name came around. Because what's it in the Daredevil show? It's battling Jack Murdock, which is a cool, great name too. Yeah, but yeah. I don't remember that ever being in the comics or anything. And I haven't heard yeah, that yeah. until the show. But Jack the Devil Dempsey just or Jack the Devil Murdock sounds like something Frank Miller would have added. Yeah, definitely. And he seemed like he's. I think he's from like the Bronx or Boston, somewhere Irish. Like oh, he, oh, yeah. he seems like he'd be into boxing, and like he probably would. Yeah, yeah. Know this, but anyway, um, he started gaining. Oh yeah, sorry, he went away from. He changed his name. He started using like his actual name. Yeah. Around nineteen seventeen, but still wasn't doing that well until he met. Uh, I'm not sure about this guy's name because he's in some stuff. He's Jack Price, but then he's also Jack the Doc. Kearns. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say he probably his real name was probably Jack Price and his yeah. boxing name was Jack the Doc Kearns. And he started managing Dempsey. And apparently there was still like this huge like uphill battle because he just wasn't a polished pro fighter. Oh yeah. It's weird actually because at this time um all boxers came from the city. And like oh, Dempsey really? was a country lad and you know, worked as a cowboy and stuff. Yeah, I don't know why, it just seems like well I guess like training like you had to go to a gym and train and yeah just, and even just to compete like you had to be yeah there. you had to be where it was yeah, <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you gotta be where the action is you know he just wouldn't have had like a technique the same as the other guys did yeah. so it was years before he really got far and uh during like around 1917 his brother was stabbed in a street fight and that you know took a few months out of his career like uh, apparently yeah, I can see why you would struggle with that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Especially, like, this seemed like they were rough characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, like... Most mugs, a lot of boxers are, I shouldn't say most, a lot yeah. of Yeah. 
but uh, yeah anyway so by 1919 though he had finally like got to uh a shot at the world title it was jack the doc kearns that sort of just made things happen for him and it probably should have happened earlier but it still happened around 1919 against the heavyweight champ jess willard at the time yeah and it's really good they were uh before the fight willard made dempsey sign a contract that he would not be that willard wouldn't be held responsible if dempsey was to die or be seriously <laughs> injured in the ring <laughs> which wow. whether you believe it or not that's what a great mind game to play with your opponent can <laughs> <laughs> like, you imagine like if conor mcgregor now had Jose Aldo sign a contract that like if he kills him he won't be held responsible like how <laughs> much would that affect the match and you actually made it like illegal he went to UFC and was like I'm not fighting him unless this contract this is one of the con because they all have to sign contracts that that has to be one and that's signed. such a mind that's genius yeah <laughs> but it didn't work and Dempsey won uh, yeah there was actually rumors of cheating well not really cheating but apparently like uh willard was like really beat up how like like the match continued after his jaw was broken and stuff oh okay and he had all these injuries during it and the match should have been oh stopped. they should have called it yeah yeah, yeah but it was a, like i've actually seen this boxing match before and i know jack dempsey but only the way people just know you know you know a little tad bit so like i, I didn't get to look much up about it but i think it all comes from like one newspaper report at the time oh yeah so yeah again you don't know if you can rely on it yeah because in all the post fight like coverage of it and there's even there's pictures and he did a guy doesn't look injured and they both like i don't know i don't think it came to a decision i think it was a knockout but they still when they actually officially announced the winner and raised dempsey's hand like willard is still standing beside him like the other side of the ref like it just doesn't no it doesn't look like an injured man so i think it was just i don't know Somebody lost money on the bet and just wrote an yeah. angry article. <laughs> now, I could be wrong on it, but just from everything I looked up, it just seems like there was nothing to that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, to go with this, uh, the fight this week, the coming fight, I guess, with uh, Furpo, or for Paul. For Paul was an Argentinian lad. He was a huge star down there. There's, I don't know as much about him. There's not, even though he was this huge star, like you go to his, his Wikipedia even, it's just it's the basic information like, like, it just tells you his wins or whatever like pretty that. much like yeah. but like he was very popular he never won the world title that's about all i know but was one of those guys that always came so close and oh yeah i just give away the, oh he never won the world title why did i say that before <laughs> uh or did he uh, <laughs> uh but yeah so you playing mind games John. this <laughs> This fight took place in the polo grounds in New York, which is actually, I think that's where one of the Hackenschmidt fights might, oh, yeah. or maybe not Hackenschmidt, but what we, we definitely talked about some sporting event that happened here, yes. other than polo. Uh, <laughs> so, and yet Dempsey had been champion now since he won in 1919 against Willard, and for Paul was one of the top heavyweights in the world, and he was nicknamed El Toro de las Pampas, which is uh, the bull of the Pampas. <laughs> 18 or 18 80 thousand fans paid to see the live wow. fight huge that's crazy man. um i've seen this fight uh i think i just said that a few minutes ago yeah. but it's really impressive like it's only two rounds oh, um and you've seen you've definitely seen a clip from it or at least a picture from it 
I'll show you the picture we'll put up. Yeah. You've seen that picture, I'm sure. It's a very famous... Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, um, that's Dempsey being knocked out of the ring. He was knocked out in the first round by Frapaul into the yeah. audience. Wow. And he got back <laughs> up and the fight just continued. Like, yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when men were men. That actually caused... Like, there was some controversy about that because there was rumours that because he landed on the press photographers and journalists and it oh, looks okay. like they might actually push him back into the ring so he uh, might have actually been knocked out oh, and yeah. was kind of like woken up by being yeah, yeah which but like they got the standing 10 count anyway but i guess you're if he's aided in standing up like it would be against the rules I but i don't know if those rules apply if you're outside the ring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to get into the ring it's not like yeah if he was able to get in to the ring then yeah like he still stood up once he was in the ring yeah the fact he had to get back through the ropes uh, that still counts as like you're s- he's still standing by yeah, himself yeah you can't, you can't do that if you're knocked out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine it's hard to do if you're heavily con- concussed as well. yeah, yeah oh you should actually watch the fight anyway, we'll put a link up cause or maybe we'll just like do like the Frankenstein video and put oh, a little yeah. commentary over it cause I mean it's so great for like just illustrating the time the commentary on it and i think the commentary is probably done later like it could have oh, been yeah. re-released in like the 30s or 40s but there's this guy um joe humphreys he's the ring announcer before the fight when humphreys is coming into the, the ring the commentator's like joe humphrey one of the greatest ring announcers he doesn't use a microphone because he says it's for sissies <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> imagine that like this guy Humphreys would just like he just had oh, this yeah. booming voice and he would announce the fight he would <laughs> like without a mic and if you used a mic you were a sissy like which is like Shane we're we're sissies look at us I was gonna say that's like well that's what Frank does on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> he thinks mics are for sissies so that's why you never hear him talk yeah yeah <laughs> so many s- good stories Frank and yeah, you always have the most interesting things from history. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, if you haven't seen that um, picture of Dempsey being knocked out, you might have seen that painting by George Bellows. Um, no, I've never seen that. All right, it's fun. like I actually thought that's why I thought the fight was a bit earlier because I thought this painting. I had a thing I was going to do about this painting before, but maybe I just was planning ahead at some oh, point. Yeah, yeah. But you've never seen that painting before, no. I think I only know it because it used to be hung up in a pub I used to drink of. Drink of? Drink in. <laughs> you drank the whole pub. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it used to be hang, hung in a pub I drank in and I just looked it up. Because it's quite a nice painting. Yeah, I think cool. it's the same bar actually. It's in the Midlands where, you know the painting from Goodfellas where the, the mother paints the one dog looks one way, the other. It's the old man with the beard yeah, on the yeah. boat. The actual original picture like photograph that that was taken from was a yeah. photo in national geographic that was taken by the guy who owns the pub now his father or his <laughs> grandfather down <laughs> right. on the shannon yeah and so the original photo yeah. is hanging in the bar that's deadly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome apparently they didn't know for they didn't even know it ended up originally they didn't know it ended up in national geographic yeah and then they found that out and then 
another 10 years later and found out it was in Goodfellas in one of the most famous scenes. That's really funny. (laughs) Now, apparently, it took them that long to find out. They could have just got royalties the day after for all I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a better story when you're having a few pints. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so anyway, the the fights, it's an insanely, like, it's only two rounds, so it's an insanely good fight. Uh, Dempsey was, like, knocked out, or knocked down anyway, uh, like, 11 times or something throughout the fight. And for Paul, or for Paul, I think I'm just confusing that name because we had it for Paul oh, on the yeah. show before, and now it's for Paul. But uh, yeah, it's for Paul. Like he was knocked down a few times too, but he kind of dominated. But like Dempsey was just really clever. Like he'd get caught at certain moments, and he'd just fight his way out. It, it's it's oh, a really yeah. interesting two rounds, and like I don't know if the sound is added later uh, on, like right, for yeah. like when this fight was re-released. But you can just hear them wailing on each other, like... Oh, like shouting at each other? Or no, no, just the, the oh, hits. The smacks. Yeah, the smacks are... Oh. You know when you watch a boxing match, and then you watch a Rocky film? Yeah. And they're completely yeah. different. Yeah. This one's like the Rocky film. Like, oh. you hear the impact so hard. <laughs> but that could be something that was added, like, back in the day, because the sound would be done separate. They probably... Like, there wouldn't have been sound on the original recording. Yeah, so they folied it. You know, yeah, right? yeah. It's still a good watch. Yeah. No, I imagine it is, like... Fully. That's why I don't know if the commentator, the com, I don't know when the commentary was actually done. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But I imagine the com. I'd say the commentary is just from the radio. Yeah, of the yeah. T- it's just a recording of what was on the radio, and they just put it with a separate film of the. Yeah, fight. that's probably more likely actually. Uh, but I can't imagine the radio would have picked up the punches as well. So that you must never be. Know. Well, maybe. If the if they were sitting in the mic close enough to the ring. Yeah. I'll show you after and get you, because I'm just curious now what yeah, you yeah. think. Towards the end of the second round, uh, Frapo has Dempsey. Like, he hits him with a really strong, like, bright, and you can see Dempsey, like, he fights to stay standing. Because you just oh, know, like, right. if he goes down this time, he's not... Get, he, like, yeah. you can just see it on... Like, it, like what Matt Murdock talks about, like, seeing his father with that thousand-yard stare. Oh, in the yeah, ring yeah. and then he has it in the episode cut man f- oh, at, at the end of the hallway such a good but you answer. see you can't even see dempsey's you know you see the back of his head but just the way his body is he's got that look that daredevil had in that yeah, hallway yeah. it's it's drop or die like yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're kind of in that clench and what's well, not called a clench in boxing but but whatever you know when they're like the great like yeah yeah okay. and for Paul has Dempsey's left arm sort of locked in. Oh no! And you can just see him like still struggling, and he just gets it out, and then he just hits the hardest right you've ever seen. And for Paul, just squats down like a bag <laughs> of potatoes, <laughs> and he's out. It was the last ounce of strength he had, yeah. and he just met it count so much, <laughs> like <laughs> like Deadly. it took everything just to pull his left out and then hit the right. It was really good. It was I don't know when it was named. This sport, like, it was named the most dramatic sporting moment in the 20th century at some point. Wow. Um, that could have been in 1945. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But or it was in 1924. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, a good a good end. And yeah, and Dempsey just became this huge, huge star after that. Right. And for Paul, apparently, like, yeah, the match in Argentina and throughout Latin America was like this huge deal and people were like crying in the streets when (laughs) Verpo went down (laughs) but he still became he went back home and still a huge star apparently there's streets all over Latin America and football teams named after him like he became an icon 
But Dempsey oh, yeah. ended up in films. He became when when he retired, he became a movie mm. star. Movie star, yeah. And he he went back like when he took some time off from boxing. Or no, yeah, I think he he uh, there was some like uh, questions to why he didn't fight in World War One. Oh, okay. So he took some time off from boxing for World War Two and went and <laughs> <Yeah>. signed up, <laughs> which that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. that's good. I'm sure he stayed out of World War One because he was homeless and fighting for twenty dollars and it's just like yeah uh, things are bad enough for me like i'll see if i can fit <laughs> I, I might have a chance to better myself now if i give this boxing thing a go but yeah <laughs> now, now that the male population has dropped dramatically <laughs> it might be better for me <laughs> that's a good point yeah <laughs> although he'd have gotten training in the army that's true yeah, yeah. and a um, hot meal and a bed yeah you like this this is what some of his showbiz friends. We talked about how uh, George Bernard Shaw, Houdini, and George Hackenschmidt were friends. Oh, yeah. Well, there's uh, Houdini being held while uh, Dempsey p- punches him in a playful. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a great photo. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know who that is holding him. Let's just pretend it's George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Looks nothing like him. Was like Houdini's expression. They're is just fantastic. like the badasses of the era. Yeah. Like, look at Houdini's expression. Like, he's having the crack. That's great. <laughs> That's what, Houdini seems like he was a good laugh, at least. Yeah. Good lads, though. Uh, really quickly, I just want to follow up that with, there was it actually another boxing bout uh, this week. Actually, from much, I'm going way back. Like, this happened a few days too yeah. late for the week. This one happened a day too early. This actually happened September 5th. But it's worth mentioning that uh, flyweights Gene LaRue and Kid Poncho KO'd each other simultaneously in the third round of their fight. Wow. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the fourth round. And I tried looking up so much about this. These, it seems like this... It's kind of the only thing they've done in their careers. <laughs> it's so hard to oh, find anything. I would love to them. see a photo of just that moment. Yeah, there's none. Right after they've hit, and both their like their both of them have their like their eyes rolled back, but their arms are still outstretched like towards each other's faces. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Unfortunately, yeah, it doesn't exist. Uh-huh. It's so hard to find. I found uh, a photo of Kid Poncho on yeah. a motorbike, and that was the only thing I could find about. And he just like kind of looks cool. Yeah, he yeah. looks like when you see an old pi- a picture of your dad. You know, when you see your dad, you're like, oh, dad used to have a leather jacket. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it looks like that. But all the info about them is like one of them says the kid Boncho was born in 1923. But I mean, like, that means the other guy KO'd a baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one where it was. <laughs> no, that would be an even funnier <laughs> photograph <laughs> the fact that the baby also KO'd him <laughs> yeah. but there was another one where the or maybe it was the Jean LaRue guy that's meant to that I saw the picture of but either way there was another advert for one of their fights and the date given was 2062 <laughs> what? I think it was a misprint on the poster and it just went out that's really funny but it, it was 2062 like what could you possibly be, have meant to write okay. It's not like it was 1962. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think, or maybe it was like in a country that has a different calendar. I was try- I don't know. Uh, or st- was that the postal address? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My point was, it, you'll it, find there was something stupid like that. That was the postal address of where the yeah, box matches maybe. on, and the printer messed it up or something. Yeah. 
but sadly it meant i was able to find very little about either of them actually nothing really other than after looking through like actual uh, a record of every boxing match that ever happened i was at least able to find out that they had a rematch on the 17th of this month oh so we had no time for the rematch and larue lost to kid poncho in the fourth round so they got four rounds out knocking each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's amazing i saw an there's on a compilation video there's a of like the worst mma fighters in history or something there is one of two mma fighters knocking each other out that's pretty funny i guess i can show you that it might at least get the point across yeah but the funny thing about these ones these lads like it's not like they knocked each other out in the third round yeah so they went for a while Yeah, yeah yeah So it's not like it was just two guys that just didn't really know what they were doing and bought just true lucky shots to connect with <laughs> their... They stepped out of the ring the first round and knocked each other out. Yeah. Like when I just hear of two people like knocking each other out at the same time, I think they must have been... Just as you were talking about Goodfellas, isn't that in Goodfellas? Is there a st- one of them's telling a story and it's like two boxers get fixed, accidentally oh. get fixed for the game and one gets... They put the money in the wrong locker so one of them gets money and thinks he's been paid to take a fall and the other guy thinks he'll get paid after the game at the match <laughs> and so they both step into the ring and then they just fake knock each other out. Wow. i think it's good fellas if not it's definitely casino or something yeah 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 i don't think it's because i've just i've seen good fellas enough that i didn't because I, I have a vague i remember that story vaguely i don't think it's good fellas but it could be casino yeah it might be casino it's it's definitely a um Scorsese movie yeah definitely it's uh, yeah it has that it sounds like just as you were saying that made me think of it um, now I imagine it looked something like this oh okay. well, now this doesn't look as good as I remember I'm gonna pause will I or? no like it'll only be a second <laughs> it's still pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> the way they went down that was hilarious like, they're the, gone that that's is, a full knockout like they are just gone like you don't see knockouts like that in ufc or mma ever like usually if somebody goes down like they're still they're just, they're just they just went down yeah, they're not intelligently here. defending themselves and that's what it's a technical knockout that is but they went down flat like <laughs> that's exactly how i imagine yeah yeah at least we have that <laughs> we have to we've got like five things to put up on the facebook page <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. um i think we have to just edit it as one video just to make it easier to like, yeah we'll put it up on the on youtube it uh, means it'll probably be like a week after this goes up because yeah we'll do a little video over this story i think it'd be a good way um while we're not talking about boxing yeah have you seen the trailer for creed yeah are, are you excited because it looks Awesome. <laughs> I, I am and mainly because like i didn't I, I and maybe i'm getting slow in my old age but like i didn't know that film was coming out so when i saw the trailer yeah. i completely forgot who creed was oh, me too and i thought and i was watching the trailer i was like creed is that is that a, was somebody in rocky named creed and i thought oh, i guess it's just a reference to rocky and i thought it was just you know homage like and yeah, then, yeah. like, there's the moment where Stallone walks from the shadows. Like, oh my god, it's a Rocky uh, sequel! I just think it's genius. Yeah, it's a really good idea. That's how, like, what a great way to carry a franchise when you're old Stallone. Like, that is yeah. That's like, how that's how you do. It. That's how you pass the torch. I was like, but wow. The funny thing is, it's not like he always like because that's how there shouldn't have been a Rocky five or a Rocky. Rocky Balboa or whatever one. Yeah, Even though yeah. it was 
a really good movie. He was way too old. Yeah, there shouldn't have been a Rocky Five either because it was crap. But yeah. Rocky Five kind of tried that idea where it was him training that guy, and then they have that stupid street fight at the end. <laughs> but like, so they did try to do the training thing before, just not successfully. Uh, yeah. The Creed thing, it seems like they might actually have it. Just and the way, just the way it's shot, yeah, and put together. It, it looks, looks like the first Rocky as well. Yeah. Actually, isn't that a funny thing? Like, new films have a really good way of doing that, where, like, Fury Road does it as well. When you see Fury Road, even the trailer, yeah. you it's like, oh, it looks like a Mad Max film. But oh, when you yeah, go back yeah. and actually, like, it lo- doesn't look anything like Mad Max, because Mad Max was shot in like, 1982, and it doesn't look nearly as good. Yeah. But they, they somehow maintain the style, the style but yeah. by not re- by making them look, 20 times better and actually not having the same style at all but like tricking you into the door yeah it's more like when you see fury road and because of how good it looks you remember road warrior looking better than it actually does yeah but same yeah. watching the creed film is like oh it looks like rocky but then I've, I've seen rocky in the last like two months yeah and no it doesn't look like rocky because <laughs> rocky was it's fairly simply shot film yeah yeah like uh, Stallone wasn't a very experienced filmmaker. I guess it's more just tone sort of makes it. You kind of confuse tone with style. It's just a director's yeah. trick. Yeah, but it's very it's good. Good. Uh, no, I, I really like the cinematography just from the trailer and stuff. I was like, oh, I really want to see this. Yeah, <laughs> and I wouldn't be a huge Rocky fan or anything. I was like, wow. No, yeah, me. I really like Rocky One and Rocky Four just because it's ridiculous and silly. But that's the one robot. No. Oh, whoa. It's a three or four. I can't it could be. Or the Seiko, the robot from the. It's when they're. Three, really I think rich. it's true yeah, yeah. because they're really rich in. Well, they're really rich in four or two, and then he kind of abandons it to go yeah. fight. And four is the Russian. Oh, is it? I okay. think it's the second time we've even had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. On the history podcast, <laughs> we've talked about. Yeah. You, you've been confused about which one was Rocky Four twice on a history podcast. <laughs> so, again, review us and let us know. <laughs> How did we change your life? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it, even if you just rated us the best Rocky podcast on the internet, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do the Rocky, Rocky <laughs> podcast. Um, so what do you have well see if i can make a tangent out of it uh you might be able to <laughs> <laughs> on the 8th of september in 1923 there was the honda point disaster which was this is the biggest navy disaster at the time which was our, the largest peacetime loss of u.s navy ships and uh-huh. uh, on the evening of september 8th 1923 seven destroyers ran aground at Honda Point a few miles from uh, the northern side of Santa Barbara and uh, two of the ships were grounded but were able to manoeuvre free the rocks 23 sailors died in the disaster wow so just give you a little bit of background of Honda Point is this like extremely treacherous area and it's been because uh, they have these like there's these it features these like rocky outcroppings and stuff and these like, rocky uh, yes <laughs> and they're collectively known as woodbury rocks by locals um but it's being called the devil's jaw wow that's um, a great name and it's been like through history it's been like a navigational hazard and loads of spanish explorers first came when they first came over in like 16th century to the states and stuff loads of them got like wrecked up on these rocks and stuff. it's just famous for yeah, yeah. getting destroyed and stuff um so I'll give you an idea. Like, so the story was there, 
there was it was under the command of Commodore Edward Watson or Edward H. Watson. Like a little bit around in background of his career, he was promoted to a captain in nineteen seventeen during World War One. Had a pretty good long career, very well respected captain, and then he got assigned to the to command as and promoted Commodore in nineteen twenty two in July for uh, the destroyer squadron or destroyer squadron eleven, which is what he was, which was this command, and it was fourteen ships, um, and he was in charge of all of That's them so with captains under him. Destroyer Squadron Eleven. I know. I'm, I'm, great name. I want to make a web series called that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so the four, these fourteen ships, uh, they were heading south from San Francisco Bay to San Diego Bay, um, in the late summer of nineteen twenty-three, and they were kind of carrying on. To, this is a long enough journey they were taking. The squadron was led by Commodore, yeah, I've it all already, um, and he was in his flagship, which is the destroyer USS uh, Delphi. Um, all were Cle- uh, Clemson-class destroyers, less than five years old, and the, sh- uh, the ships turned east to course 095. I don't know why that's relevant. Anyway, <laughs> um, they were supposedly heading south into Santa Barbara Canal at around nine o'clock. The sh- ships were navigating by what's called dead reckoning, um, and dead reckoning is it's a method of navigation I have a definition of it here um, in navigation dead reckoning or uh, also known as DED for deduction reckoning or DOR is the process of calculating one's current position by using a previously determined position or fix and advancing that position based upon known or uh, estimated speeds over elapsed time of course so basically, you go. We left this port four hours ago. We turned at this speed, so we have to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's actually quite in, you know accurate. Yeah. Um. So they were using that to estimate positions from their course and speed, and measured by propeller revolutions per minute. It is extremely technical, and the reason they were doing that is because at the time radio navigation aids existed, but they weren't very they weren't completely trusted, and the USS uh, Delphi under what's his name sorry watson's command uh, <laughs> under watson's command they were equipped with the na- radio navigation receiver but the navigator and the captain ignored uh, its indication indicated bearings believing them to be wrong because they were like no 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 i don't trust that that <laughs> newfangled machine <laughs> it's for wussies <laughs> or, what was it sissies sissies sorry it's for sissies <laughs> which is what i'm assuming is what they thought yeah so no effort was made. It's an educated guess. Yeah. They didn't make any efforts uh, to check water depths or that because it meant they'd have to slow down and they'd lose pace and all this kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> so they were performing an exercise simulating a wartime condition. and So they decided not to slow down to check their depths. And there was a bit of fog and the dead reckoning readings were wrong. And as a result, they went up on the rocks. Six other ships followed and sank two ships whose captains disobeyed the close formation order survived although they also hit the rocks earlier the same day a a mail like a postal postal uh, streamship the SS Cuba ran aground as well some attributing attributed these incidents in Santa Barbara Canal to unusual currents caused by the great Tokyo earthquake of the previous week oh yeah well this is the theory but yeah (laughs) I don't know. Um, 
In the end, the naval court ruled that the disaster was the fault of the fleet commander and the flagship navigators, following the, the tradition that the captain's first responsible or first responsibility is to his own ship, even when in formation. So, basically, even if you were following orders and you crashed, it's your fault. Yeah, you know, because you're the captain, your yeah. responsibility is your ship. Uh, Eleven officers involved were brought. Uh, to the general uh, courts martial uh, of charges of negligence. I can't speak for some reason today. That's what um, I'm the same. It's because we had those Snickers bears. You had tongue tied. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all peanutty. <laughs> my, my tongue is swelling up for the peanuts. Maybe I shouldn't eat peanuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the, at the time, it was the largest single group of officers ever court martialed by the US Navy. Um. And the court-martial ruled that the events of Honda Point disaster were directly attributable to bad errors and faulty navigation by uh, Captain Watson, but he was a Commodore. There's a lot of reading through different articles. There was kind of, he was in charge of the fleet, so he was a Commodore, but I think he was still a captain. Okay. So I'm not too sure. Anyway, he was stripped of his seniority and three other officers were uh, admonished. But in the end, he took full responsibility for it. Those officers who were court-martialed were all acquitted. Captain Watson, who had been defended by some an admiral, was commended by his peers and the government for assuming full responsibility for the disaster at Honda Point. I'm going to compare this to Star Trek because that's the only reference I have to the Navy, really. <laughs> and in that, Kirk was an admiral, which would be the equivalent of a Commodore in yeah, okay. the way they work it. And then, because of events he was then demoted to a captain so that could be what they're talking about is that he's now a captain oh, okay yeah. as a result of his punishment yeah yeah so that makes sense star trek educates you again <laughs> Here you go. um and i have a little bit about like the ships so the ships that were lost was the uss uh delphi which we knew um and it was the flagship and it was traveling at 20 knots which is about 37 kilometers per hour the uss sp lee then there was the SS, USS Young, the USS uh, Woodbury, the USS Nicholas, the USS F- Fuller. And my favourite one, the USS Chauncey. <laughs> they made an attempt to rescue sailors from the capsized USS Young and then they ran, ran aground. <laughs> then ones that were damaged, the two that got away were the USS uh, Farragut and the USS Summers. And then the other five ships that managed to avoid the rocks were the USS... Percival, the USS Kennedy, the USS Paul Hamilton, the USS Stoddard. <laughs> the USS Paul Hamilton. <laughs> no, yeah. And the USS Thompson. I love how they just name ships random crap. The USS Paul <laughs> Hamilton is because Paul Hamilton sounds like a local car dealer. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where they bought it? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Hamilton Motors. Or like, it sounds like a GA player. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's GA for non-Irish yeah. listeners, that, which still makes no sense to them. Uh, Gaelic football in Ireland—it's it's our own national sport. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. <laughs> but I I like that there's the USS SP Lee. So again, oh, that's that just one someone's just, name. Yeah, that one kind of just went yeah. over. That sounds somewhat though like SP Lee sounds like a general from a Civil War general that it was named after. Yeah, yeah. Paul Hamilton doesn't. <laughs> Though I'm sure he was. And the USS Chauncey. <laughs> I'm going to use our one Google and oh. search Paul Hamilton, see 
who that might have been. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Paul Hamilton was commissioned. No mention of who it was named. Oh, named after Paul Hamilton, the third United States Secretary of the Navy. Not. Oh, I was hoping there'd be a more interesting story. <laughs> yeah. That, that's it. That, it that's already. That's all. Yeah, sorry, that's I, all I, I have on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but man, it was just. Basically, it was because they turned around and went, yeah, radios for sissies. And so, like, so many of the accidents we come across are so avoidable. Yeah. In this. Like, there was a bit of fog and stuff, but it wasn't fog that caused the accident. It was just them not knowing how close to the rocks they were yeah from what they could see like and there, there is video footage or there's film stock footage of it of the ships that was taken a good bit while, while later i think um and that's on youtube and stuff i was going to link that and um, when we put this out i'll put it up on the facebook page uh, it's only like a two minute clip of right. just like it's just a, a plane going overhead just showing like, okay. all the ships because and they didn't they didn't see it worth their while to like salvage much of the ships and stuff uh the equipment they took all the equipment off the ships but then just left the ships there in the water they didn't bother trying to scrap them or anything right but even all the equipment was wrecked by seawater at that point and they just sold it to a scrap dealer for like a thousand dollars or something <laughs> but they did they were like oh well there goes those ships didn't do much with them yeah yeah well crazy yeah i've something here you might like I just actually I kind of wanted to include this because when we finished recording our last episode, we were just talking about um, a different uh, like uh, stories you were working on, gentlemen and demons. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't relate to that, but uh, a writer in a similar vein of what you were working on, like finished up one of his a famous story of his this week. Uh, H. P. Lovecraft. Oh yeah. The according to Lovecraft scholars, anyway, he finished the Rats in the Walls. Um, which is one of his best stories. Like, I reckon it is anyway. Yeah. But he finished it today, apparently. Oh, very good. According to his On notebooks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He started it in August. He wrote between August and September. He fin- According to his notes, he... Uh, well, it's probably, like, most writers write the date at the end of a story. Apparently, yeah, yeah. in the original manuscript, it's September 13th, 1923. So... Cool. Would have been in the news, obviously. I don't think it was published until like the following year in like Weird Tales magazine. Yeah, I I don't even have a note of this, and I I almost certain it's March nineteen twenty four of Weird Tales is when it was <laughs> published. It's ridiculous that I remember that. That you but, know like, that. But I need notes for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's just out of your brain, like it. I do. But I don't know why. Yeah. I, I I'm going to check that now. Oh, but it's so weird that I'd remember. Uh, do you know the story at all? Have you ever heard that? The no, Rats I, in the Walls? I've only heard the title. I don't know the actual story. No. Um, sorry, I'm, I was I was Googling what I was saying. <laughs> Are you saying, have you heard that story <laughs> into Google? You would have used your Google. Oh, I did. You can have mine. Okay. Yeah, March 1924. Oh, wow. Look at that. It wasn't Weird Tales, though. I don't Ooh. actually know if it was Weird Tales, it doesn't say. It okay. just says publication date. We'll give it to you anyway. Oh, no, yeah. Volume 3 of Weird Tales. You're so relieved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I felt pressure to... Like, everything else is notes. So, like, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, no, you'd... Uh, you'd, like... I'll just tell, like... <laughs> do you mind? Spoilers? 
No, no, no. Okay, well, not yet. I mean, I don't read. <laughs> it's, been, it's been out like what ninety years, <laughs> Hun- nearly a hundred years. Well, nearly, yeah. We shouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. Well, it's not a, a mass. So yeah, ninety-two years. Ninety-two years. Yeah. So. Yeah, because first for, for a second I was thinking nineteen ninety four would be hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the last of his. It's the the what's I don't know what the right way to phrase it, but it's the last of his work that's in the public domain. Okay. Everything after this story, I think it's in in public domain yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, this is the latest Lovecraft story that's in the public. So domain. So we're doing an adaptation of this. Yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Although I think a lot of stuff is in public domain. I think everything is in public domain for printing. Oh, uh, But for movie rights and stuff, yeah, yeah. the Lovecraft Society still... Yeah, so we can do an audio play of... Oh, I think we can do an audio play of... Oh, yeah, we can do an audio play of this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should just do that. Yeah. Well, sure, then I'll, I'll pitch it to you. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. so p- it's p- ner- pitch me, Johnny. Pitch me. <laughs> now, even though I, I, I know... Uh, for some reason when it was published the exact date of the magazine i have to take notes of names but uh the de la Poor family uh is the family that's featured in it. it's like it's narrated by the the inheritor of their estate uh the sion is what it's yeah. called when you're like inherit a, when you come from a well-to-do background and inherit from them and he's uh he's he's from uh boston but he moves to England to this to the Delapore family's home to live there. Essentially, oh, this uh, a priory, the exam exam priory, it's called or exam priory, and he restores it. And the people in the village and the townsfolk are down below are really shocked that this uh, descendant of the family actually comes and restores it and is going to live there because oh. they know more than he does about the place and all that. Like every oh, Lovecraft yeah. story, like everybody, nobody's saying exactly what's going on but everything's employed and <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> classic lovecraft fashion and so after moving in he uh he starts hearing um or well his cat mainly who i won't name the cat the cat's given a name that's very offensive <laughs> oh, <right, okay. laughs> um, the cats you can probably guess <laughs> like it's lovecraft and uh, is it a black cat I don't even know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I was thinking that's where you were going with that. <laughs> well, no, no, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's the more the more offensive usage of the word nigga. It's called nigga man. That's really awful. Yeah. <laughs> why would you go? Like I don't that? know. Hard trying to work out why. Lovecraft. I, even even though things. you didn't actually say it, I think for comedy's sake, you should beep it on the edit. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, the cat starts to hear these the scurrying in the walls, and eventually the the protagonist does too. Oh, we never hear his full name either. Like he's oh, just okay. uh, we know he's led a poor, and that's it. But yeah, so he starts to investigate like what's going on. And he starts he breaks open the walls like, yeah, and he starts having all these weird dreams that sort of depict things behind the walls. And he just starts getting paranoid and just wanting to know what all the scurrying of what sounds like rats behind the walls. So he breaks them down and he finds like an old uh, descendant stairs. Yeah. Like the one from last week in oh, yeah. Mary Winche- with Mary Winchester. And it goes to like a basement. 
Yeah. And then he eventually like digs. He takes up the ground in the basement and goes down further. And he keeps going down further and further. And he eventually comes across down, essentially an underground city. Wow. Um, like a very a cavernous city. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. And sort of true, just his discoveries down there and different things he finds, and in all these recurring dreams he's having, he learns that his uh, family. Like centuries ago, his family raised generations of human cattle wow. in this city to supply their taste for human flesh. Oh, you you said something about this to me because I was telling you about a story idea. I, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember the con what my yeah what I offered, what the idea was. But yeah, no, you said it sounds very Lovecraftian. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think you mentioned um, sorry, the, was it the rats in the walls? The rats in the walls, yeah. yeah. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending I knew what you meant. But yeah, because there is, there's a, there's a sort of, there's a character in later in this, there's a character in this story that's like an, inve- not an invest, yeah, an investigator who yeah, yeah. is more like, who, I think the story you told me would be, was kind of like this if it was some, from somebody else's point of view. Oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. I, but not like it in that, I can't even remember what the story was, but it wasn't like, yeah. I was like, oh, you can't do that. It's like a Lovecraft. It's no, just, no, no, it's, that wasn't the conversation. It's that style, like. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and it's really like um, he even like he talks like there's a line I can't remember the line verbatim, but where he talks about how like the human cattle like some of them had like regressed to like quadrupedal state like so these human cattle just became like Whoa. animalistic and stuff. And throughout all this, he even like it kind of referenced the whole Cthulhu. This I guess it is set within the Cthulhu universe because he references like how he he talks about the rats as if they're the voice like. It starts where he thinks it's rats in the walls. By now, when he refers to the rats, it's like the these voices that are leading him to find okay, the city. Yeah, yeah. And he refers to them that he there's a part where he talks that they wanted him to go further down. So yeah. if he d- dug through this city, he would eventually find something else and something else. And he talks about the elder ones or the elder things, which is what the the ancient gods are. Yeah. In all the Lovecraft stories, so it's implied that they're even further below it. Anyway. Oh, okay, like this is a civilization on top of a civilization yeah, on top yeah. of a civilization. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but there's one of the gods is down there, or might be. I can't remember its name. There, it's a Lovecraft name, or you can never pronounce it anyway. Yeah, it's like Cthulhu. Like that's not how it's meant to be pronounced. It's like oh yeah, Cthulhu or something like that. Is yeah, that how it's yeah, meant yeah. Whatever calls it, Cthulhu. Um. But anyway, and so, yeah, he's driven mad eventually with all this, and he attacks a guy that he's befriended from the town, and I think he was, I can't remember for sure, but I think he's helping him on the renovation, and he attacks him, and uh, starts to eat him. (laughs) And he's captured, and he ends up in a mental institution, but he's always, like, proclaiming his innocence, and saying it was the rats that done it, the rats in the wall, and the call back to the name. And there is a scene, I think it ends... I think there are like thousands of rats at one point do come out of the caves yeah. and just sweep across the land and that's sort of the, the story kind of ends there. Oh, and the townsfolk burned down the priory. Of course, yeah. And the investigator that was investigating this guy and what was going on, he is also driven insane. And yeah, it's good. Like that's pretty much the story, but yeah, yeah. It, it's really good. But um, the origin of the story is kind of good because um lovecraft kept all these you call them commonplace books back in the day yeah. which are they're just notebooks that we both keep them with our ideas and yeah, stuff yeah. i think there should be one with notes from for this podcast on the oh, table yeah. there yeah but in that like um 
yeah, he was in bed one night and the wallpaper in his room was started to creak and it was just like old paper that started to peel or something, but just done it really oh, yeah. fast and he thought it was rats wow. trying to get out and that's what inspired the story, which is really... Because like, hearing rats scratching in your wall, that's a very creepy sound. I've never yeah. heard it, but I can imagine. Yeah, I can't wait to do an audio play of it. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that'd be a great idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a, but it's just a cool inspiration. And yeah, and I read some notes of it in those commonplace books where, like, it just says "horrible secret crypt of ancient castle discovered by dweller," and that's all the idea was before he started it. But the Priory, apparently, the design of it and just, I guess, the idea for the story comes from St. Patrick's Purgatory in Donegal, which I hadn't heard of because it's such a weird name, St. Patrick's Purgatory. Yeah. But it's this 5th century Priory in Donegal. Now, I assume it's, it's 5th century, so there's obviously nothing there. It's just a field. <laughs> to oh, right, okay, yeah. well, that's, I, I assume that's... Yeah, like, yeah. you know, when you see, like, like 5th century monuments... Yeah, it's a wall. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it'll just be a field now, and they've found bits of walls, and they've been able to reconstruct what used to be there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're maybe not, like, Newgrange is pretty intact. Yeah, yeah. But apparently that's the spot where Christ showed St. Patrick uh, a cave that led to purgatory, which I've oh, never heard wow. that before, but that's cool. <laughs> that's deadly. It's another place we could go, at least. Yeah, we'd easily go. It's not that far No, a drive from here. And in the same legends, sort of the, around that uh, St. Patrick's Purgatory, there's one of uh, a bishop, Bishop Hato, who apparently was devoured by rats <laughs> after he set fire to starving peasants during the famine. <laughs> <laughs> Just liked setting fire yeah. to people. <laughs> okay. But so, obviously... He uh, took influence from... Yeah. Things, yeah. And there's actually, there's a, I can't remember what the line is, but there's a Gaelic... A, it's either at the beginning or the end of the story there's some Gaelic line that Lovecraft used so yeah (laughs) yeah so he took a lot of influence from it yeah and as well like there's some there's some famous uh, Sigmund Freud case of some famous patient of his that he I don't know wrote a paper on it's just a famous like Freud case that's called the house dream and it was some patient it's from like 1909 or something of some patient that was having this uh, dream this constant dream of uh, hearing something in a cellar and then going down and not finding the voice oh, so yeah. he'd dig below the cellar and he kept the more he dug down the worse and worse things got oh wow so it's a collection like Lovecraft just like collected all these different yeah, things yeah. and so that was his research yeah yeah that's cool but, and then, like, it's very, like, uh, Fall of the House of Ar- Usher from... Yeah. Like, yeah, like, Roderick Usher in that. It's the same, the Fall of the House of Usher. It's, it's a, the, the meaning behind it's kind of the same. It's about a guy just going further and further. But, yeah. That's uh, cool. I don't think there's any other... It's not really connected with the Cthulhu mythos, but... Well, it kind of is in that the rev- he, he vaguely references the, the Elder Things. I don't think that he just doesn't use those words that most oh, yeah. characters in Lovecraft will refer to the elder things but yeah um though it is i think the town he lives in it's bolton where he moves from i said boston earlier but oh, i sorry, think it's yeah, actually yeah. bolton and it, yeah. though i think bolton is a real place as well i think in lovecraft's is, yeah. world bolton is a stand-in for boston oh okay, it's yeah, his yeah. it's his gotham city like like it's where herbert west is from in Re- reanimator it's where yeah. arkham like arkham asylum is uh, lovecraft oh yeah of course yeah uh, 
but that's in Rhode Island, I think. Yeah. Or some just he's got like just a fake New England city essentially that all yeah, these yeah. places are. At some point, I, we can talk about Lovecraft himself when we actually get a story about him and not just the work. Yeah, yeah. We, we've come across him, I think, at least once. There before. was something before, yeah. Do you have something else? Yeah, if you're not in a rush, I can finish up with some of our other items. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, let's see what we have. Uh, oh, I actually had more than I thought. Okay, well, I'll get through this quick. Uh, this is a very weird letter. Or a very weird article. It's very quick. Uh, This is from the Evening Post on the 8th of September. Restored by Teeth. I just can't. Anyway. San Francisco, 6th of September. The masterpiece, The Entombment of Christ, which was recently stolen, has been received by the newspaper call. The newspaper call. With an unsigned note saying, God has forgiven me. You will find my body in Slow Lake. In Golden Gate Park. Whoa. Yeah. Now, there's absolutely not... I, I know that... That's a famous painting of the the apostles like after Jesus... What, laying him in the tomb? Oh, yeah, yeah. You you just... You would know it. Um, I, I was looking up like loads of stuff about that painting, and I just couldn't find out anything about it ever being stolen. Really? Like, there's nothing... There's no mention of it, but I found three articles about it being stolen... Yeah, like two before that, like that was the last, the sort of last word on it throughout all time. From what I can see, it was that thing <laughs> I just read, wow. which means like I don't know what like what happened to this guy. There's no follow up on it or anything. No, like no like thing about a body being found in Golden Gate Park. That's crazy. And that's I looked up like every like it seems that a lot of bodies have been found in Golden Gate Park over the years, but yeah, yeah. there was none in 1923. Because here's a quick one, just like... It's a hell of a uh, way to hide a murder. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, priceless painting is stolen, so d- I'll get through this quick. A nationwide search, which is necessary, will be made. Uh, it commenced today, the, the Entombment of Christ, the original painting by Guido Rent, uh, blah, 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 was stolen. Anyway, like, there's just this long write-up. The person who stole the picture knew its value, according to the W.F. Jackson, curator of the gallery. The masterpiece was copied early in the 17th, or was completed early in the 17th century. Yeah, and it just goes, sorry, there's not actually much there to read. Sorry, I'm just trying to get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At an hour and ten. Yeah, like, there is all these articles about when it was stolen. Yeah. And then that from when it was sent back to them. But it's like, yeah, God has forgiven me. It sounds like he stole it had second thoughts because it was i don't know but i guess because it was a, a religious depiction in the painting yeah he felt bad and then or, he went and killed himself because he felt guilty or is the guy stole it and then his boss is like you can't steal that that's jesus so they just killed him and sent it back yeah like, i'm thinking like mob style but it, what i find really funny is that the letter was unsigned and if he was gonna if we still the murder gonna find his body you're just gonna find out his identity yeah so like, why wouldn't you sign it yeah but that's not too too big of a story anyway i just i've never that came across that that was even still it's just weird that i wonder how yeah how many patents have been like had these man ones to find them that we just don't know about because just there's no info about ever being stolen like on its entire history of it there's just no mention of that what seems like a pretty big yeah part of it it's mad these stories now are all from New, the New Zealand Herald on the 8th of September. Battle with a whale. <laughs> <laughs> An enormous sea monster 
described as being some kind of a whale, so they don't yeah. actually know what kind, has been captured by fishermen on the Kerry Coast near Kerryven. I don't know where that is. C a h i r e v e e n. Is it Cahirsivine? Say that. Cahirsivine? No. Oh, that's a C. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was an E. Yeah. yeah. Used to spend my summers there. Yeah, never even like I know that place. It's just it yeah, really. It's not. It's not that far from Dingle, which is yeah, yeah. Famously, they have the dolphin. Or Could be a descendant of this because I'm sure this was just a dolphin in the papers. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the whale measured. Well, actually, wait. No, the whale measured thirty feet in length, and sixteen feet in girth. Wow. Weighed ten tons. How many jaws is that? <laughs> How many jaws is that? <laughs> We've done that's, that before. That's like one jaws, I think. Maybe uh, one and a half. It has several fins and a great tail. A fishing boat and some nets were much damaged, and some of the fishermen had narrow escapes. <laughs> <laughs> so did it like? just get caught in their net and they decided to pull it in or I, yeah I don't know if they, were they hunting it was there whale hunting going on I'm sure there probably was I would have thought in that part of the world but yeah but that's what yeah like why would you I suppose you see something that big you're like <laughs> think of the yeah, payday yeah they were just um, <laughs> circumstances were just like oh we'll go they, like so it was spotted that morning and they put somebody put together a crew to go out and try and yeah, find yeah. it while it was close yeah. but I can't imagine there was like active whale hunters on the Kerry coast no I wouldn't think they get enough whales no you can't but maybe in 19 but maybe well ambergris is, was uh, very valuable so yeah but you know even now like countries that didn't have whales 20 years ago now have a huge whale population off their coasts just oh, yeah, they just change migrations every yeah. so many generations and stuff yeah. hospital lighthouse a good idea is now I, first of all I've read like this a terrible idea well it's not even a ter- it's just it's a non-idea it just makes no sense so a good <laughs> idea is being used to advertise the appeal of wolverhampton hospital uh for a hundred and fifty thousand pounds in 1923 a lighthouse has been built on the roof and every time a patient has been operated upon or has recovered from an illness or operation the beam flashes out. It's visible for 20 miles, and thus it reminds a multitude of people of all the work of mercy uh, and the fight for life which are constantly going on. Did they actually do this? Or is this an idea to do this? It's, well, it says a good idea is being used to advertise the appeal of Wolverhampton Hospital. So yeah, I think they've done it. All right. Having lived in Wolverhampton, yeah, that's <laughs> why I'll, I'll, uh, there's nothing appealing. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking you, back, like it was a heavy um, industrial town, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, big industrial Wolverhampton, town. Wolverhampton, sorry, because people assume it's in Ireland, it's in England. Yeah, I lived there for a whole college year. It's not the prettiest of places. It was a big industrial town back then, yeah, and then 19- now it's just down with nothing. It's just, it's now I never had a huge problem, but it's just a town full of it's just council housing and stuff like that, and it's just a weird kind of environment, yeah. Yeah, when I saw that headline t- at first, like I assumed, like, oh, the lighthouse must be so like people can find a hospital or something, like it's yeah, such yeah. an industrial town and it's packed, or maybe through the smog clouds from like, like for all the coal being burnt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't find the hospital, or but it's just there to like 
let people know somebody's they've just completed an operate like and cost them how much? Hundred and fifty thousand pounds. <laughs> in nineteen twenty three. In nineteen twenty three, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's probably a couple of million now, if not more. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. For a town that even at the time well, I suppose the difference would have been that it, it's kind of one of those towns that there was the people who owned all the factories and stuff would have made a lot of money and then the the majority of the population were just the workers who were making terrible, terrible money and lived awful lives as a result of it. Yeah. Crime for a living. Oh, yeah. Um, this one's hard to read. It was a bit blurry. A man has been arrested in somewhere on the unusual charge of having died 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those BS articles, though, that starts with a line that's completely not what the case actually is. Yeah, yeah. The man has traded in the name of Najafisian. It looks like a V, and then two letters I can't see. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the police asserts that this person died in 1903 and was duly buried the accused man when confronted with these alleged facts calmly produced papers of identification and that's all there is to it but so what <laughs> <laughs> did he assume somebody's identity or was it just he was accidentally assumed dead it, or someone else of the same name was it, registered it, as dead like the it doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, it says not. It's like he was probably arrested for on like drunken disorderly or whatever. They brought him into the office. Yeah, yeah. He gave all his info when they asked for name and address, and then they looked up and like, no, that guy's dead twenty years. And then he ended it, and then like, oh, I guess he wasn't. But it could be like his dad or something. <laughs> I'd say I'd say they misidentified the dead. The, whoever died twenty years ago was misidentified or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's probably just a drunkard, so he never. Told them yeah. that they misidentified him instead. <laughs> Who knows? Life risked for a cat. Oh, yeah. Human nature in both its good and bad aspects was revealed to the Camelfold justice before they find two buys. Ten shillings, did we ever? Ten S. So we decided it was dollars, didn't we? In the it's the dollar sign, did it? Yeah. In the, this is the Australian or the New Zealand yeah, 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 yeah. Each for cruelty to a cat. The boys tied a piece of cord around the animal's neck and dragged it down an incline. They then threw it into a pond across which the cat swam to reach a ledge of rock. Then it remained two days in a lame and starving state when a quarryman offered to be lowered over the adjacent cliff by ropes. This being done, the animal was saved from a painful death. Mostly because it just kept wailing and was driving them mad. <laughs> I don't know. Cats can swim. They, yeah. Well, any animal can swim. They just well, don't like water, from as far as I know. Yeah, I guess. That's one but tough cat, though. I think it does. I think I'd help the cat. Actually, wow, you've you've been you've done that. well. Like yeah, you've, 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 you've well earned there. you've earned this. But I guess it couldn't swim the rest of the way. It got halfway and just rested on a rock. Maybe should have let it fend. Yeah, let nature no, take I, its course there. <laughs> <laughs> no good job <laughs> but anyway the cat survived and that's good and I think was that it was that the news <laughs> yeah I think that's the news as it was on the uh, 13th of September 1923 definitely see you in the future don't you mean the past oh yeah <laughs>